Welcome to Sacred Spaces, Design Psychology 101, a podcast series by award-winning author, trainer, speaker, certified design psychology coach, certified interior environment coach, and certified feng shui consultant and yoga teacher, Sherry Burton Stein. This new series will help you reprogram your energy, transform your interior space, and reset your life. Let's get started. Welcome again, my listener, to Sacred Spaces, Design Psychology 101. And today I am pleased to have a special guest by the name of Elizabeth Tuckwell. And she is a fine artist and healer. Elizabeth developed her self-taught painting style while traveling the the globe before the days of cell phones. As she faced personal challenges, she realized that painting could soothe her. So she discovered a path that gave her power over her anxiety and overwhelm. It was meditation and energy work. She says, I discovered that much of the anxiety I was experiencing in my mind was living in an unwanted future. And to feel better, I had to gain control over my thoughts. And meditation gave me the ability to do that. From there, she began to counsel others using tools that she was using art and meditation, and pairing it with her intuitive abilities. She offers one-on-one coaching sessions, which incorporate all three of these tools and assigns, quote, art homework, end quote, to help her clients even further. The results have been tremendous. She holds in-person guided meditation sessions as well as meditation and art workshops for groups and team building events. At elizabethtuckwell.com, you can view her work, sign up for one of her art classes, or take part in some of her free mental health and inspiration gifts, such as a weekly discussion group to shift perspectives, create creative jumpstart challenges, or free writing tools to clear your mind. She also can be found on Insight Timer. So before we bring on Elizabeth, I will remind you that um, I'm your host, Sherry Stein. My website is sbwonline.com. My Instagram feed is at SBWAligned, and you will find me also on Facebook. Feel free to sign up for my newsletter at SBWAligned.com forward slash newsletter. I'd love for you to keep up with a lot of the great things that I'm doing in the world of yoga, feng shui, and essential oils. So now let's bring on Elizabeth and learn more about her art therapy work. So today we have on Sacred Spaces one of my favorite artists 
and healers. Elizabeth, how are you? I'm so well. Thank you so much for inviting me into this sacred space. Well, thank you for coming and and taking on the invitation. I'm so honored. Uh, I have been following you um, as we had talked before we came on air uh, for quite some time, and and I'm a big fan of your work and would like to know a little bit more about you and the services you provide. Tell my listener about who you are, what you do, and how you came to the work that you're doing. First of all, thank you so much for your kind words. I'm so honored that you um, have been following my work. It means so much to me. Um, So I um, live at the intersection of art and uh, energy work. And I believe that Art and meditation and energy transformation work can shift our perspective, reframe our our experiences, and cultivate our own ability to steer our wellness into positive, self-directed um, uh, directions, for lack of a better word. Um, and I, I think it really all boils down to stillness. And um, and taking ownership of your own moment. Mm. Our attention is really claimed constantly, um, whether we are, but mostly because we're not aware of it. I'd say that um, 90% of our attention is externally focused. Um, and that really can lead to uh, overwhelm anxiety, worry, and a host of other um, external-based internal repercussions. And I think that a lot of it has to do with our going, 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 doing, doing, doing training. Mm -hmm. Um, And whatever the foundation of our beginning experiences are paired with that, um, do not provide for positive mental uh, health. We're not really directed to stop, pause, release, realign, and reimagine, which is really the basis of the work that I do. And it the, the release, the realign, and the reimagine are about your energy. And when I was growing up, I grew up in a very typical chaotic environment, a very emotionally abusive uh, parent was uh, an alcohol addict. And it was just, it was a, it was a beautiful cauldron of turmoil. And, um, and what it really did was it, it, now I can look back on it and I can say thank you for that beginning chapter because it gave me the ability to to own my energy as an adult. But growing up in that environment, you can really fall into victim consciousness, into um, grief as your foundation of feeling and all of your choices become um, based on the addiction to those feelings. Right. And so that was my story up until I was 18, no, 22, um, 21 or 22. And um, 
I had to take an elective, one remaining elective in college to graduate. And I said, well, I mean, I guess I'll take an art class. It's all I have left. I haven't tried that. <laughs> it was metalsmithing. And if you've ever worked with metalsmithing, there are these teeny tiny tools. Um, and you cannot have monkey mind going when you are trying to saw through metal with a um, tiny, tiny blade. Um, you really have to start, uh, you have to focus. And for the first time ever, my mind was quiet and I'd felt myself surrounded by peace. That peace replaced chaos. I mean, I was completely living in chaos for my, my energy was based in chaos up until that point. And I just was like, I didn't know that there was an alternative. Yeah. So metalsmithing, I, I was addicted to that feeling. I was like, I want more of this soothing. I want more of this calm. Um, and so I sought it out. And then uh, my boyfriend at the time gave me for Christmas a manual camera. And so I fell in love with black and white photography and then the darkroom experience, which is also just mystical and quiet and full of the present moment as you watch the images arrive um, from nothingness, basically. And then, um, and I don't remember even when the brush and the paint came in, but, um, but I started painting and it also just kept taking me more into the stillness. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the painting just kept going. And I found that, so then I started traveling. Um, I left the States and uh, traveled around Europe. Um, and I didn't, and I was shy. I, I'm technically, I'm one of those extroverts that's secretly an introvert. So um, I was really like, I would force myself to go meet people. I was like, Liz, you can go do this, go talk to them. But secretly I was really shy. And it wasn't a time when um, cell phones were like in mass consciousness. So I, I didn't have the luxury of hiding behind my phone when I was uncomfortable. Um, and I would say luxury with sarcasm, but what I did have was paint and my camera. Yeah. And so whenever I felt awkward, I was just painting or taking pictures, which I now understand was a consistent release of whatever built up emotion. So I was constantly cleaning myself internally. Um, later, I... Um, had a partner who I loved dearly, but that partner, um, the worst, the, the worst of him got the best of him, as they say. And he ended up, um, cutting his contract short with life. He took his own life. Um, and, and it was a very, it, it was the result of, it was what I thought was really like my own fault because I had ended the relationship and it was a caveat of if we, you know, if we break up. I'm going to do this. And then it happened. I obviously know it wasn't my fault, but at the time I internalized it on such a great scale that all the work I had done to create peace and presence was really out the window. And I had entered into a whole new realm of anxiety. Um, and that is when someone, and that anxiety manifested into physical symptoms. I just had hives 
from everywhere all the time. And my stomach was always in knots and it just was really hard. And I was suppressing a lot of it. You know, I was, I was in Europe, I was partying. I was, I was just like, yeah, whatever. I wasn't doing anything to cultivate peace. I was kind of returning to chaos because it had become the bigger picture. And then a friend of mine introduced me to my chakras and she was like, she casually did this thing. She was like, let me just check this thing out with you. And she drew um, uh, an outline of my body on a piece of paper and then through, and then drew seven circles symbolizing the energy centers from this through the center. And she had a pendulum and I'd never seen a pendulum. I didn't know what that even was. And she just took it over the, the piece of paper and started um, looking at the way it swayed. And from there, she'd introduced me to this way of looking at energy that I had never experienced before. And it was really transforming because, first of all, I stopped again. Mm -hmm. I stopped. Just the go, 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 do, do, do. I was, again, witnessing this this energy pause, this peace. Mm -hmm. And that opened me up to chakras, to energy systems, Mm -hmm. to the layers of energy that are within us. And then I learned about meditation. And then, um, and so I started meditating. I started moving into the path of healing and then, um, and it worked. And then pairing the art and the meditation and then the work with healing, it really gave me so many gifts Further, many, many years later, um, I realized that I had an ability to help others feel better. And I started putting myself out there and saying, um, I'm available. If you would like to work with healing yourself or you feel overwhelmed or in anxiety, let's connect. Um, These are some services I offer. And it was kind of just like, I wonder if this will work. Like I'm, I'm going to talk and I'm going to, I'm going to see what happens. (laughs) Well, some incredible things happened. Um, And it was almost as if I just needed to be put in the seat of the healer. And then the divine just kind of started working through me. And I found that I was highly intuitive um, and I could pick up on things that were not said. And then I could, I could find these sort of hot spots in conversation mm-hmm. and I knew that that's where we needed to go. And I knew that there was something on, in there that needed to be opened up and we would open up and explore energy. It was amazing. And then I was also able to see. And so I was speaking with my clients and I would, and these things would unfold in my coaching. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is really crazy. You're not going to believe what's happening. <laughs> which is probably not professional, but, um, but I would, you know, I would see things. I would see symbolic versions of their stories and I would know intuitively what needed to be healed and, and I would be able to do it. So I would say like, okay, okay. What I'm seeing now, for example, you know, I'm seeing you standing in front of a mirror, but you have a, you're a child and you have a really bad haircut and there's something next to you. And the person would say, oh my God, you know, when I was a kid, my mom always made me have these horrible haircuts. <laughs> and then, and then I was able to go into these pictures and, and clean the energy. So 
it was just an incredible unfolding. I, I never uh, set out to do it, but because of the journey of my own story, I became um, an available conduit to help others heal. Um, And so I started creating these coaching sessions. And then at the end of it, because we can easily just have our healing session and then return to our everyday, I would pair it with art lessons. Mm -hmm. So we've cleaned your energy, we've released, we've realigned you, and now let's move into the reimagination phase where you're going to start creating art to, 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 yeah. Wow, that is just amazing. I think people need to understand the power of art as well their, as their past and, you know, their history. And, um, you know, when you talked about your own, you know, personal history um, as a child growing up and family dynamics and dysfunction and all those those things that a lot of us, uh, you know, have gone through, I could just, you know, I'm sitting here like, wow, she, it seems like she's talking about my, uh, my situation as well. And it's, it's interesting how um, folks who have uh, grown up in, in, you know, situations uh, such as dysfunction, um, addiction, um, trauma, you know, all these things, um, can can really be conduits, as you said, um, to helping others um, recognize and realize and realign themselves. And mm-hmm. I look at the work that I do um, as a um, a wellness designer, as a feng shui practitioner, and a yoga teacher, and I'm also an artist as well. Um, but I do a different medium um, that you know, we can work with individuals and create, recreate lifestyles and recreate um, their individual uh, empowerment. So I really um, thank you for, for sharing your story. Um, so my, my next question for you is, talk to my listener about what inspires your own art. Um, what inspires my own art? Well, I have two two paths. Um, one is really allowing myself to open up on canvas, um, and creating a sacred space, um, that is really between my, my ears and my heart and my hands. And it's taking, it's stepping out of the everyday experience, putting on some music, and taking a few deep breaths and just unfolding onto the work. And then from there, I can begin to, uh, it's, it's just this weird co-creation. I don't know how to describe it, but once I open myself up to the canvas, I'm almost, it's, there's almost this part of me that's directing the work um, as well. So um, I'll intentionally sit there and I know that I need to create because I can feel myself feeling all knotted up inside because I haven't done it in ages. Um, and so I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm sitting from the canvas. And then there's that warm up period where you have to, you know, you have to be forgiving of yourself when you get back in the canvas because it's going to be crap in the beginning. Um, but then you move into your flow and in your flow, 
comes the work without the mind, right? It's like, it's the, it's the part of you that's so untangible and big and magnificent um, that's really beginning to direct the colors. And it's this flow and you have to just surrender to it. So I'm, I'm creating, I'm putting a blue down, a blue wash, and then I'm hearing like, or I'll get a flash of like magenta. And then I just know intuitively to put magenta. And then it's almost like I can see just the next step while I'm in this one. I can't see the whole picture, kind of like life, I guess. Um, I can't see the whole picture, but I can see the next step. But well, do you, do you um, integrate color healing principles or color psychology or um, therapy, color therapy into your work? Or is this all intuitive, which what you're saying sounds like it might be? It really is. I, I think that if I went and looked at and examined color therapy, it would probably be in alignment. <laughs> um, and I think that we don't give enough value to the power of colors because they have so much volume in our lives and in our experiences. I mean, if you just even look at like marketing, you know, and like how colors are used to drive marketing choices and buyer choices and why target is all red and why, you know, it's like, these are very intentional. So there's something in the psyche that already exists that we may not have been versed in but lives in a part of us that is older than our bodies well like that piece behind you blue and uh looks like a purple and some other beautiful things there um you know it just i don't know i think that's why for a long time as i mentioned i've been following you and looking at your art pieces on Instagram and so forth. It's just, you know, totally uh, beautiful stuff. And it just reminds me of a form of color therapy for the home. You know what I mean? And it just looking at it. And it's also interesting how you are incorporating art as part of your coaching and therapy work. And I was just curious, since you brought that up, um, how do your clients use that art after they've gone through a coaching session with you and released, um, you know, their um, healing um, process through, you know, the work that you're doing? Um, do they decorate with it or do you encourage them to do that? What, what, give me some examples of what maybe, you know, of course, not saying anything about who your clients are or anything, but, and it could be hypothetical examples, but what are some, some things that, you know, result in those sessions after they create a, a piece of art? Well, first I tailor the, the art creation process to the, the client because um, it's really important that they're not intimidated by it, um, that they feel it's accessible. So um, it's not always that they're making art. One time I had a client go to the uh, museum and look at artists because it was just a reminder. Um, she was going through some anxiety about uh, creating a new part of herself. And I said, you know, I want you to remember that these hailed heroes on these walls uh, leapt outside of um, 
of, pro, of institutional boundaries and created something that didn't exist before, that they went with their heart. And now we, we, we hold them as heroes. And so you know, that was an art assignment. Another art assignment was daily journaling. Another art assignment was, um, well, that's a problem. Uh, there was a relationship with one's personal muse that we created and and that was a very intimate direction of daily steps based on something that had come up during the session um, where I actually felt her muse was very much alive in that and this part of her that was this creative body was actively searching searching for her to express herself she was a writer um, and so we found a way for her to connect with her muse on a day-to-day basis um, and there are examples when I know that clients are comfortable with painting or watercolors and that I ask them to create pieces that they'll put up because it's a way for them to have a daily connection with a part of themselves that's outside of, that's not outside of themselves, that's um, more, more of a higher consciousness, right? So if you're creating a piece of work and you're putting it on the wall, you're giving yourself this visual affirmation of a, a relationship with your internal self, with something bigger than you, right. and this intimate dance that uh, cultivates growing that relationship. It's like the ultimate affirmation. Right. And I, I, I really, really like that analogy or that thinking. Because in the work that I do, I encourage people to create things. You know, in in one of my books I wrote, um, Landing on Your Feet and Putting Down Roots, um, I talk about creativity and using creativity to decorate your space so it can you know, provide and and reinforcement and affirmation. Hmm. And it's just so great to hear that someone is out there encouraging that. So thank you so much for um, sharing that information because um, I am curious though, what, what has been like the results of that, you know, has, has that individual um, found solace and comfort in that is that you know do, do you know you know what the result was of that being able to see their art every day there's a confidence that grows mm. when you start um validating your experience from the self mm-hmm. that can't be tampered with because it's internally created you know when we're externally validating all the time it's very fragile. Right. And when you're creating something from the self for the self to the self, it's a complete internal validation system that's really cemented. Um, And so it provides a confidence that's more unshakable. And so going from this consistent moving in and out of anxiety or overwhelm or just really not sure how they're coming across or always being affected by the interactions that they're having, um, which are feeling invalid 
right. invalidating, right? So they're doing all this work, they're feeling good about themselves, and then they go out into the world and then something happens and they're brought down, right? And what I'm enforcing is no one can bring you down without your permission. So what we need to do is reinforce your own internal landscape here where it's you're more confident about who you are internally and you can understand that whatever's going on externally is more about them than it is about you or it's a mirror for you to see where you are in your relationship with yourself where do you need to reinforce your boundaries you know Mm. um Mm. And I know that. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm so sorry, but I, I'm just excited about this conversation. Um, so it, it seems, so, so then that reinforcement of those things that you just mentioned is something that they can look at every day. Yeah. Put in a, a special room, their bedroom, their home office, or what have you, their studio, if they have one. Um, that is just a daily reminder of things and, and, and growth and uh, increased self-esteem and empowerment and um, sense of self. Um, it's like I, visual programming, you know, it's like we're always, when we're walking outside, the minute we open our, our phones or our TVs, we're being programmed. And when we're creating our own programs, they're enforcing our own version of ourselves that we prefer. I absolutely love that. So my last question is, is this, um, you're a meditator and, uh, you are a meditation teacher. Correct? Guide. <laughs> I just guide. I mean, I think everyone has, they can do it. I just like, Hey, come on, let me just give you a couple tools. And- right. So mm-hmm. tell me, why do you think, you know, with all the stressors that we talked about and anxiety and all these things that, that we live with each and every day. Um, I always encourage, for example, that people create sacred space for themselves, a place where they can go meditate, pray, all those things. Um, so maybe my listener is not familiar with meditation and or if they've tried it, it hasn't worked because their mind has wandered and all those kinds of things and feel frustrated and they just were like, you know, that's just this mindfulness, crazy talk, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so tell, tell my listener, why is it that meditation in particular is something that they may want to try and maybe a couple of tips around it to to help someone who's not as familiar with it? Thank you for that question. Meditation is such a buzzword that it's almost like overused, right? So it's almost becoming, it's, you can easily put it aside, but we can't forget that it's a thousand year old practice. Yeah. And emphasis on the word practice. Um, when I started meditating, I couldn't get all the voices out of my head. So it's not like I sat there and was like, oh, and then everything was better. Oh my gosh, no. Um, I started off with um, guided meditations. 
Mm. And I found that guided meditations were really great because it gave my mind something to do. Like I needed to reinforce this concept of like, okay, my mind is not going to shut up because it obviously needs something to do. Um, it's like a puppy, you know, it's like uh, you need to train it. It wants to be, it wants to be useful. And if, it, if you're not going to guide it, it's just going to go bonkers. Um, so I would listen to guided meditations and after a while I started to feel really comfortable with that and and that got me to where I needed to go. So I was able to let go and just surrender to the voice and surrender to the music. Mm -hmm. Um, When I went to a school for psychic development here in Chicago called Envision School for Psychics and when I went there um, I learned about um, meditating or running energy where you are just sitting in stillness and you're working with the energy of the earth and the energy of the sky and you're just sitting there for a while and you're inviting those energies to come through you and to just cleanse you out and I think what was great about that was cultivating um, a, a practice with giving my mind a few minutes to just settle in and then locate its own quiet zone. So I was, I was sitting there. I knew that I could reach a point of meditation. Um, I knew that the mind would eventually shut up. Um, And that's when visualization really came in because then I'm giving my mind something to do as well. I'm telling my mind to go and do this. And then I'm telling my mind to go do that. And then while it's busy doing those things, which are helping the meditation, the energy itself can start to move through. So I really think it's important to recognize that the mind actually wants to help. And even though it's just chatting all the time, now I'm not a neuroscientist, so I'm sure that there's some scientific data that will back this up. But from what I found personally, um, if you assign a task to the mind, um, then it can really enable your meditations to go deeper. So first it was the guided meditations, then it was the silent meditations. And now I can just, now I wake up in the morning and I immediately start my day just sitting upright and clearing energy and then listening to my body and just clearing energy before I start the day and getting into um, a zone of peace and calm before I look at the phone. Like I absolutely don't allow myself to look at the phone because I think the second I look at an email or anything on that phone, I'm instantly transported into external energy. And that becomes my foundation for the entire day. So the very first thing I want to do is create my, my energy fortress for the day. Right. Do you recommend, so basically what you're saying um, is that you recommend that meditation be done before you start your day. Um, How about midday um, as well or in the evenings? What what would you say about that? Well, I think anytime you can give yourself a minute to have a pause Mm -hmm. is essential. Um, And what I kind of want to go back to is that meditation is such a big word and we feel like we need to stop for 30 minutes, Mm -hmm. but really it's just about finding your way into the stillness of your mind. Mm 
finding your way into the space between the thoughts. And if you need to be guided, if you need music, if you need visuals to do it, do it. But another thing you can do is just, you're at work, you're having a stressed out day, go to the bathroom, lock yourself in the stall, close your eyes and just take five deep breaths and really notice how does the air feel going into my nose? How does the air feel coming out of my mouth? And you're giving yourself, you're giving your mind something to do and you're giving yourself an opportunity to pause and connect with the present moment. So what you're doing is you're constantly reconnecting to yourself. It's sort of like if you imagine we've got this uh, this battery plug and we're constantly sourcing it from others. So I'm plugging my battery into my job, into my phone, into my friends, into all these other things. Well, really, those charges are limited and they don't they're not even my own. They don't fit me. Mm-hmm. I want to take my battery cord and plug it back into me. Right. If I'm feeling depleted, I need to replenish from my source. I am the best source of my own replenishment. And the concept of meditation is really just get present. Just connect back into the present moment somehow. Take a deep breath. Feel your, listen to some music. And it doesn't even have to be meditative music. You can listen to a song you like. Maybe any music you like music is a, as a portal music is an entrance right into the present moment. When you're like in that song and you're just like, Oh yeah, you are in that song. So what's important to establish is that meditation doesn't have to be an elitist time consuming activity. That's just set aside for a few people to cultivate this trending sense of peace. What it is, is, an opportunity for you to plug, recharge back into yourself with all the tools you already have. Wonderful. Oh, that's a great way to explain it. And one thing that I do or I am doing now is I'm, I'm, I meditate every day. And oh, wow. I, I try, you know, to get meditation in. And it has done wonders to myself. Yeah, for myself and for the people around me. And the other thing I would add, in addition to the great tips that you just gave, is um, a lot of times to re-anchor and to help your mind from wandering as well is 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 going back to your anchor, the breath, um, and and yeah. you know just breathing in internal and external breathing and just kind of you know, just focus on the breath as well. And, and that has, has helped me uh, a lot. And I do prefer um, the, the guided meditations myself. Um, and, and I have been experimenting as well with my own quiet meditations and just kind of focusing on the breath and just getting lost in the moment. And um, that has been extremely helpful. And it's, you know, it is a a challenge sometimes, depending on what's going on, you know, in your world to just kind of stay focused. But it's so important. And I just want my listener to know, if you haven't tried it, just take baby steps. If it's even one minute, you know, um, try one minute, then gradually go to three and then gradually go to five and 
so on and so forth. So how can my listener find out where you are, take a look at your work, purchase all those things? And do you have any um, events coming up that maybe folks might want to know about? Thank you so much. Um, I love what you just said about meditation, by the way. Um, And um, yeah, I am available. You can find me at elizabethtuckwell.com. So just my name, elizabethtuckwell.com. And then on Instagram, I like to provide inspiration, uh, daily inspired tips. Um, And uh, and that's at Elizabeth Tuckwell. No surprise there. (laughs) And um, I am also, I have meditations on Insight Timer. Um, also, Elizabeth Tuckwell. You know, I am like so in love with Insight Timer. Yes, it's just so good. That, like, I've heard about it for years, and so I good. started going on it for the within the last month. I'm on there every day. It's and I see so a lot of meditations cool. on there, so I am definitely going to look you up and follow you. Oh, good. Um, Thank you. I have, you know, that set where all my teachers are. I'll add you, check out your meditations. And um, I have to admit, uh, it has just been a lifesaver for me. So Mm. if you haven't tried Insight Timer, get that app. I'm telling you that. Get the app. You know, it's like, you know, a million friends you've never met just holding their hand out for you and saying, come on, come this way. And it's It's just so nice. Beautiful. It's a beautiful community. I mean, how many great awakened people are on there sharing their stories? I know, and, right? And I'm really taking cool. yoga classes on there. Oh my God, that's so cool. I haven't all done that Meditations, yet. all kinds of stuff. So I just absolutely love it. And do you have any events coming up other than you do live events on Insight Timer? Um, not yet. I just actually submitted a proposal to start hosting live events, um, but I haven't done them yet. Um, I have a uh, November 4th, I'm going to be starting a free monthly uh, creative healing uh, workshop. So it's about an hour on uh, Thursday evenings. It'll be once a month and it will be co- um, cultivating creativity and meditation to release, realign, and reimagine. So it's just this monthly release, this monthly cultivation of self, just a constant cleansing. That's on November 4th. And then on November 13th, um, my, a wonderful colleague of mine, a wonderful, um, an energy worker as well. Um, you can find her at Balance Bluebird Healing. She and I are creating a workshop for the holiday season, which is an integration of several healing modalities. And it is, um, we're going to be doing an art exercise, meditation exercise, and emotional freedom technique um, exercise to really cultivate balance and peace for the holidays. So I'll have those listed on my, my website. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and giving my listener uh, a sense of understanding um, how creativity heals, as well as understanding the importance of meditation and um, all of the great things you're doing. And I just loved your story. So I appreciate you and hope to maybe do something with you in the near future myself, you know, and um, I think um, I really enjoyed very much this conversation. 
Likewise, it was very enriching. Like I felt very at home in the moment. And I'm really grateful for the sacred container and space that you provided here. I'm really grateful for it.